Welcome to Restoration. My name is Meredith Kendall and I am Pastor Rob's wife. As he already told you, Happy Mother's Day. Well, from me, Happy Mother's Day. And I hope you get a lot of blessing today from our story of Sarah. We are actually in a series called Heroes of the Faith. This is week four. And let's recap just a little bit. Rob has already looked at Abel, Enoch, and last week, Noah. So when he looked at Abel, we looked at the gift that Abel brought, and it was good. It was great. It was from the first part. Uh, it wasn't just what was left over. Enoch, Enoch walked and walked and walked with God. And the joke goes that he walked so far that God just said, hey, we're closer to my house than yours. So let's just go there. Noah, I believe if you look up the definition of perseverance in the dictionary, you will find a picture of Noah. Some scholars say it had never rained. And I'm saying if God came down and told me I needed to build a big boat and in order to save my family, I'm going to obey. And he persevered through years and years and years of making this boat when others had said, what are you doing? Today, we're going to look at Sarah. But before we do, two things. Worship, wasn't it amazing this morning? <laughs> I just love having worship. And I want to say thank you to Bethany for doing that. And I also want to pray us in for this time of God's word. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the moms out there, the moms that are even the surrogate moms who take care of people's kids and, and love them as their own. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that even through this pandemic, through this through this last 40 days or whatever, Lord, that you have been able to allow us to be equipped to bring your word into people's homes via the internet, via online, via TV. Lord, we just want to say thank you. And Lord, we ask right now that you will get all the glory and that all the words that will be said are from you. And Lord, if I say something that is not of you, that it will fall on deaf ears. Again, Lord, we just want to give you praise, honor, and glory today. Amen. So if you actually looked at the timeline in the Bible in Hebrews 11, you will notice that Abraham actually comes before Sarah. But because it's Mother's Day, we wanted to flip-flop and bring you the story of Sarah and her faith. She gets one verse in Hebrews 11, and that is verse 11. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Do you know the one of the problems with just one verse? Rob says it many, many times that taking a verse out of context is a problem. And I think a lot of people take verses. And if you um, want to just give me a little grace here, think about people's social media posts. You know the posts that say, everything's great, my family's awesome, look at, aren't we just this perfect, perfect couple, and yet you know the truth. Or you saw them just walking up a few minutes ago yelling and screaming. I got to laughing because I think this is what Sarah's post would be if we just took one verse out of the Bible. It would say, God said it. I believed it. I had faith. I waited patiently all these years and he delivered. Isn't he just the cutest thing you've ever seen? 
and right below it would be the picture. You know those pictures of the newborn babies, you know? They're laid out really cool, and I could just see Isaac just laying right there on the, on the, um, the animal skin, you know, with his little legs up underneath him, with his little cute diaper, and his little hands under his, under his chin, and his eyes are closed. You know, that perfect little picture. Well, let's look at what Sarah really went through to get to the point she considered him faithful who made the promise. Sarah and Abraham's story actually starts in Genesis 12 and ends in Genesis 23. But before we pick up their story in Genesis 18, did you know that Sarah is the only woman whose name God changed? Did you also know that she's the only female to have her death age recorded? Things that make you go, hmm. Her first name, her name first was Sarai, and Abraham's was Abram. Okay, God changed their names in Genesis 17 when God made the covenant with Abraham. And we'll look at that in a moment, but let's start in chapter 18. Genesis 18 starts, The Lord and the two angels have appeared to Abraham, and after a short conversation, Abraham has gotten the Lord to agree to stay for food. So Abraham runs back to the tent to tell Sarah to make some bread. Now, by the way, at this point in time, she is 89 years old. 89. So while they ate, one asked Abraham, where's your wife, Sarah? I can just see it, you know, Abraham's going, over there in the tent. Now, picking it up in verse 10. Then one of them said, I surely I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were very old. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, and she thought, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I didn't laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Before we get to the biblical part of this story, I know that people lived a long time in the Old Testament, but were they really getting jiggy with it and having hanky-panky at age 90? I'm sorry, but my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they're in their 90s. Matter of fact, my mother-in-law will be 90 this year. And as Rob and I were talking about this, we realized that their most intimate stuff was about holding hands and maybe a hug, maybe a kiss on the, on the list, maybe a peck on the cheek. But to think about them, yeah, no, 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 nope, 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 nope. But Abraham and Sarah are going to have a baby. And unlike Mary with baby Jesus, it's not going to happen through an immaculate conception. So the first miracle, just as Hebrews 11 says, Sarah was enabled to bear children. Why did God have to enable Sarah to have children? Because 
verse 18, 11 says that Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Physically impossible for her to have a baby. Her biological clock had quick ticking, but God enabled. And according to the King James Version, it says that through faith, also Sarah herself receives, received strength to conceive seed. The word strength here in the Greek is dunamis. It means from force, specifically miraculous power, usually in the implication of a miracle itself. And do you know that this dunamis word, this Greek word, is where we get the word dynamite? Think about it, the word dynamite, the miraculous power of Sarah being able to conceive. But why did Sarah laugh first? That she would, um, but why did Sarah first laugh that she would finally have a child? And also question, why now? We're gonna start in chapter 12 of Genesis so we can fully grasp the laugh and the why now. And in chapter 12, the Lord told Abram to leave his country, okay? He told him to take his family and, his, and leave his father's household to the land that he was going to show him. Abraham is 75 years old at this time. He took Sarai, his nephew Lot, and the things that in his possessions, and they left Haran. Sarah, okay, she's 10 years younger. She is 65 when Abram received the first promise, which is found in Genesis 12, starting in verse 6. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. So this was the first one, and she was 65. In chapter 15, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? The one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him aside outside and he said, look, look up into the sky and count the stars. And if, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. Second promise. Now fast forward to chapter 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father 
of many nations. Third promise. And at this time, Sarah would be 89 years old. This is also where God has changed Abram and Sarah's names and have given them the name of Abraham and Sarah. No longer will you be called Abram. This is in, found in verse 5 in chapter 17. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Verse 15 and 16 in the same chapter say, God also said to Abraham, As for your wife Sarai, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. So we're going to call this promise 3.5. I want to make mention that in verse 5, when God changes Abraham's name, it continues with the promise that God would make nations of you and kings would come from you. And it's just as we just read, Sarah would be the mother of nations and people will come from her. Do you realize that Abram, Abraham, in, so in turn Sarah... Okay, so let me start over. Do you realize that Abraham, so in turn, Sarah, are the first named in the lineage of Jesus, the king of kings in Matthew? So back to our question. Why did Sarah laugh at the idea that she would finally have a child? And also question, why now? She was 65 years old when they left for Canaan. She is now 89 years old. So we have seen that God has promised for almost 25 years on different occasions that this family heritage would be so numerous that they wouldn't be able to count them. And yet, she was hearing the promise again and she laughed. Have you ever been so nervous that you laughed at the most inopportune time. Rob did that once. <laughs> Actually, probably he's done it more than once. But this one was very memorable. You see, our daughter was 17, our oldest, Amanda. You've heard a lot about her recently. Um, she was 17, and she was in her rebellious stage. In the county that we lived in, you could actually call the cops, and they would come and arrest your daughter or your son and take them to the jail. And it was under an unruly charge. Two, three o'clock in the morning, the sheriff walks into my house. They handcuff my 17-year-old and take her out and put her in the back of a squad car. Hardest thing I've ever done as a mom. Monday morning, we went to court. She walks in and the judge reads, reads everything and he says, do you see a problem with this? He said this to our daughter and she looked at the judge and said, no, sir. And just that quick, he said, wrong answer, lock her back up. And Rob went, oh, and kind of, oh, you know, that whole like, oh my gosh, laugh kind of thing. So it wasn't internal by any means. 
it was out loud, most inopportune time, because unfortunately our daughter thought she was being laughed at. Seriously though, if you were Sarah and you and your husband have been obedient to God and his leading going on a quarter of a century, don't you think your reaction in real time would have been a sarcastic, yeah, whatever, heard that before, kind of laugh. But remember the words. The word says she laughed to herself and thought she didn't do it outside. She didn't do it out loud like Rob did. Now that I'm old, I get this pleasure. Then she heard God repeat her thoughts back to her husband and ask, why did she laugh? It was all in her head. Again, most scholars say that at that moment, when Sarah heard God repeat back to her husband what had just happened in her head, that was her aha moment. And that was the moment that she believed and made her faith personal. You see, until this time, there's nothing mentioned that or written that says that Sarah was actually with Abraham every time God showed up. And culturally back then, women were the keepers of the home and men was the leader. And so her faith would have been because of her husband's faith. She didn't own her own faith and make it personal until that moment when she realized that the Lord could read her thoughts. He knew what she was thinking. And that in turn made her believe. And, we, and she had her own faith. And as verse 11 in Hebrews 11 says, And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. I wonder what my and by faith statement would be. I wonder what your and by faith statement would be. You see, I didn't grow up in the church, and God had a sense of humor to have me marry the bishop's grandson. He was full of faith. I had no faith because I didn't know it. My faith, though, here we go, ended up becoming, I had faith because of my husband's faith, okay? So I didn't own it until I was 30 years old. 30 years old, I got married at age 18. I was a youth counselor when I made my profession of faith. And it was all because of a verse in Matthew that scared me to death that said that on that day, many would say to them, would say to him, but Lord, Lord, did I not? And I heard my impressive resume of going to church and doing all this amazing stuff for the Lord and the Lord looking and saying, depart from me. I never knew you. And as much as I'm standing here right now, I'm afraid to tell you that if I had died prior to that date, I would have gone to hell because I did not have a faith of my own that was personal to me. I was riding the coattails of a legacy. I was riding the coattails 
of my husband's legacy of faith. The second takeaway from this is that faith waits. While I was preparing for this message, a friend put up a quote that said, just because you don't see a way doesn't mean God doesn't have a way. I also like to say this, remember what God told you in the light so when the darkness comes, you will have faith to continue. God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah, and to Abraham and therefore Sarah. It took 25 years for it to come to fruition. I wish I could say that Sarah waited out patiently and with grace, but we didn't even touch on the fact that she tried to hurry God along around 14 years prior to this date by providing Hagar to her husband to produce an heir. That's another sermon for another day, but know that it didn't turn out well. Sarah showed her true colors by being manipulative, full of rage. She even threw temper tantrums. But God, verse 11 says what? She considered him faithful who made the promise. Yes, she considered him faithful, but it took a minute. She tried it her way, just like many of us try it our ways. Many times I think God is taking his sweet old time, so I forget who's in charge, and I try to take control of the situation, just like Sarah did. I forget, though, to take this journey and see what lessons God may want me to learn from it. Because I want so badly to get to the promise. And I forget that there's lessons along the way. But he is faithful to his promises. During the last 18 months, I can't tell you how many temper tantrums I've thrown. Crying out, asking why, asking when, asking how. God clearly gave us signs when we moved to Florida before we got here. One was a prescription. It was given to me by my doctor that said, must have beach time, Florida beach time, perhaps permanently. The second one was an 18-wheeler when I drove around a corner and there it was. And it said, ready to move? The website was ready, the number two, move, swfl.com. And in the band, it said Fort Myers, Cape Coral, and Naples. We knew we were supposed to move here. God gave us those signs. Sarah waited two and a half decades. She waited two and a half decades for the promise. I can't even wait. 18 months. The story goes on in chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At that very time, God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born to him. So that makes Sarah 90. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears with me will laugh. It is recorded two times that they laughed when God 
said that the, he would give them a child. First, Abraham laughed in Genesis. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at age 90? And Sarah laughed, be it internal again, God knew. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? The difference between those two accounts and the one here in chapter 21, here in Genesis, is that before it was a yeah right kind of laugh. It must have been like a joke running between them. Yeah, here we go again. God's promising us this, right? God says that we're going to be a nation where kings would be coming from. And here she is celebrating. In chapter 21, the word laughter is actually a different Hebrew word. Before... The Hebrew word is a mockery the other two times. But this one, it is a to laugh out loud in merriment, to joy. Do we have the faith to wait it out? Sarah's laughter was turned to joy, but she didn't, and she didn't stay bitter in the why did it take so long. I wish I could say the same for me. I wonder how many times I have missed the joyous laughter because I was so caught up in the that'll never happen frame of mind. Once again, Sarah had an aha moment. It was a paradigm shift. Her thinking went from whatever to expectantly awaiting the promise. Sarah had faith to believe when circumstances seemed impossible. And remember that no matter how long it takes, when God works, it is always worth the wait. Does your faith allow you to wait expectantly? And lastly, I want us to remember that God can do incredible things through the faith of everyday people. If you take time to read the entire story of Abraham and Sarah, Genesis 12 to 23. It really is a made-for-TV series. There are families moving away to start their own family, their rescues. Uh, Abraham even lies to save his own life. There's a building of an estate. Then you get into the manipulation and the situation to fit your own timeline. And then when it doesn't work out, like you thought it should or would, there are fits of rage throwing people out of houses. There's unbelief, and then you get to the end, and you get what you've waited for all along, because God is faithful in his promises. As I was reading the story of Abraham and Sarah, I was thinking, man, I guess our family doesn't sound so bad. And to think Abraham and Sarah are the beginning of our Lord's earthly heritage. If God can use them, how much more can he use you and I? The challenge is, do you see yourself worthy of being used by God? Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're tired of getting looks from local churchgoers. Or maybe you can feel the stairs burning right through you. Rise up. Start a ministry. 
to moms who find themselves running from God because of all the same things you have felt but have overcome. Maybe you're a teen whose parents are workaholics. You know, you don't have to have a bad teen turn evangelistic resume. You can be good right now. Get together with some friends. Maybe start volunteering. Maybe there's some kids who have already started coming up behind you that are going down the wrong tracks. Walk with them. Tell them they don't have to do that. Start volunteering. Start a group. Are you in a relationship with a bottle or a needle? Because at least that crowd, in that crowd, you feel accepted. And are you certain for God would never want you on his team? Think again. Find one person who can be your cheerleader to hold you accountable to change. Find your worth in who God says you are. Then become a cheerleader for someone else. Is your marriage in shambles? Have you lost touch with each other? Have you found love in the arms of someone else? Choose today to get out. Choose today to work on your marriage. Know that God can use your story of redemption to help someone else. Or maybe in this world, with millions and millions of people, you're still lonely. And, you thought, and your thought pattern is this, that if you were to die today, no one would notice. God would notice. If you think God can't use you because of your past, I have one thing to tell you. It's all lies straight from the lips of Satan himself. God created you. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. And we truly believe that. We truly live that out every day. And we love you and we want you to be restored into the relationship that God has for you. Just like God had a plan for Sarah's life, he has got a plan for your life. God is a God of restoration. God uses broken people like you and me, to restore broken people like you and me. God, again, wants to use your story of brokenness to restoration. But will you allow him to use your faith story to do incredible things? Let's pray. Lord, I just say thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for, again, technology to bring your word into people's homes. Lord, I just ask right now that if there is one person out there that needs to know your redemption power, that they will cry out. They will cry out to you today, Lord, and say, I'm done running. I'm done, Lord. I am ready to trust. Lord, right now, we just say thank you again for another opportunity to open your word, to search your word, and now allow us, Lord, to be obedient, to use your word in our lives so that we can go out and be a people that are a people of light in a darkened world. In the name of Jesus, we just say thank you, and we praise you. Amen.